So some of you know that a group of us from church recently went to the Philippines to visit our sponsor child through an organisation called Compassion. Now Compassion is a Christian child development charity that releases children from poverty in Jesus' name. Now throughout the trip that we visited, we visited five projects in total. And each project that we went to, there would, there was, there would always be a program for us. And it consists of the children coming to us and welcoming us by giving us gifts. And then the pastor would say a few words to welcome us, but to also talk about the, the development and the progress of their project. We also had the opportunity to listen to the testimonies that were done by some of the children that are currently in the project, but also from the ones that have graduated. And we also had the privilege of listening to, to the mums, to the parents of the children that are currently in the project. And the main thing that struck me while listening to their testimonies was how grateful they are to God. Their gratitude radiates from their words, their actions, and especially their prayers. At that time, I remember thinking, how blessed am I to live in the house I live in, the bed that I sleep on, and the room that I don't have to share with anyone else. I remember how I used to complain how much I don't have to, how, how much I don't have. But coming back from that trip made me realize how much materialistic things I actually do have compared to them. And hearing their testimonies made me realize the lack of gratitude that I had and showed towards God. What about you? How grateful are you towards God? How much do you show your gratitude towards Him? By how much do we depend on him, to the God that loves and the God that provides. Yeah. Now this morning we're looking at gratitude and connection and the relationship between the two. And to do that, Bella and I will be going over some points that corresponds with each other. I think something that has always struck me when we go to countries like the Philippines is genuinely how rich people are in their relationship with community, but also in their relationship with God. And I think that is something that we still see and we have experienced. We know the joy and community and togetherness that, that we experience when we're a part of a family. And I know that this happens in Australia still today. I remember as, as a kid, I heard one time my mum just mentioned like, man, like we've, got, we've got so much stuff in the shed. And it made her just reminisce of the times as a kid where you wouldn't necessarily have everything of your own because you would live in a community that would be able to share with one another. Yeah. And so if your car was broken, if your lawnmower wasn't working, if your chainsaw was not working either, you would know Jimmy down the road who would be able to come and help out and provide his services and you would share as a community. Everyone didn't have their own individualistic and independent things. And that creates togetherness and community, and we see that in the Philippines. We're facing a cultural trend today where we are living individualistic and independent existences. But we are losing our togetherness and community because of this. Some countries still do live in community independentness, just like the Philippines. But we're, we're growing up in a cultural moment where we're being told to be independent and to, that we can do it all on our own. 
but this is robbing us of our connection with others and our community. And it is robbing us with our connection with God and it's leaving us feeling disconnected. And so out of what Bella has spoken, we've got to come back to a place of depending on God. And so my point one for this morning is God wants us to depend on him. As Bella shared, we are not created to be independent, but that is why we need to depend on God. In Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The phrase, blessed are the poor in spirit, comes from the Beatitudes of Jesus. The Beatitudes were statements of characteristics and blessings that are part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus spoke and was recorded in the book of Matthew. Each Beatitude looks at different circumstances of life and how all Christians are blessed through their faith. When Billy Graham was asked what that verse meant, he said, what did he mean? Simply this, we must be humble in our spirits. If you put the word humble in the place of the word poor, you will, know, well, you will understand what he meant. Now throughout my trip in the Philippines, the theme of we can be rich physically but poor in spirit, and we can be poor physically but rich in spirit, was growing through my mind and how this can be applied to us who call ourselves Christians. And I don't know about you, but, but I struggle with that. When we come before our God, we must not recognize our own spiritual emptiness. We must recognize our own spiritual emptiness and poverty. We should not be satisfied with ourselves where we are in life because then we think we don't really need to depend on God. That is not what God wants. He wants us to come to Him with everything we have, with everything we've got, and to surrender everything to Him, to become a child that is solely and totally dependent on a parent. That is the relationship that God wants us to have with Him. I was greatly encouraged by the testimonies I've heard during the trip, because knowing what their living situation was like and seeing it personally, it was amazing to hear them praise God, to see how much they depended on Him. And I remember almost feeling jealous of that because I wanted that. I wanted what they had. And I hope I can encourage you to depend on God through Jesus and to depend on him more. Because no matter how much we feel our life and things that, yeah, for sure, he can help us feel happy. But I guarantee you that happiness will only last for a second. But God's love is everlasting. God wants us to depend. So if God wants us to depend on him, individuality is not what we were made for. Can you see that there is a problem? Richness is not in materialism. It comes in community. And individuality and independent lives is not who we were created to be. And this is, become, this is making us become relationally poor. If we look at Genesis, if we will flip to Genesis with me, Genesis 2.15. Genesis is the beginning of the Bible, some of you that might not know. And it is an account of when God created the world and when God created man. And so we want to look here to see what God's original intention was. What does God say and how were we meant to live in the beginning? So if you'll follow along with me, Genesis 2, 
starting at 15. So God had just created the first man called Adam. This is what he says. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Just even from looking at this, we see that God created Adam, the first man. And what does he say? It is not good for man to be alone. The one thing that captures my attention attention, is that we see that Adam already has perfect relationship with God. He is in the very presence of God himself. Yet God in his understanding knows that Adam can be blessed through community with others. We were not made to be independent and alone. God knows that we were made to thrive with him and with others. We are blessed through relationship with others. It shows us that we're made for connection, but this isn't happening so much anymore. Isolation is becoming more and more of a problem. And we are not meant to depend on ourselves. So we see in the beginning that everything is good so far. God has created Adam. God has created Eve. Relationship is good. Relationship is perfect. And if we keep reading... Chapter 3, follow along with me. We see connection is broken for the first time. Chapter 3. And the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked to the woman, Did God really say to you that you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. God said you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You will not die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and that you will be just like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame for the first time, their nakedness. They sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing... The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord the God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he replied, I heard you were walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. We see here that the serpent tempts Adam and Eve to eat from a tree that God had told them not to. You will not die. You will be like God, the serpent says. But the thing is, they were already like God. They were made in his image. They had perfect relationship with God. And if we step to the side for a moment, an interesting observation is that we see 
that there was still sharing even in this act of brokenness. Even in this first act of brokenness, they shared. Do you want to know why? It's because their very example was God himself who shared everything with them. But unfortunately for the first time, they were about to share in something broken. Everything good that God created that we saw at the beginning has been flipped upside down. They felt shame for the first time. They felt fear for the first time and they hid from God for the first time. The one in whom they trusted, they were not hiding from. But his trustworthiness didn't change. We changed. So what's the real disconnection? It's our spiritual disconnection that we're experiencing today. It's our spiritual disconnection with God. Because we were made to be a part of community, to be in a community with others and to be in community with God. And that's what God created in the beginning and it was good. No wonder we are struggling today where we are being told to be independent and have individualistic lives of I can do it on my own kind of mindset. This is not what we were created for. No wonder we are struggling. In a cultural moment where we're being told that we can do it all on our own, we feel the weight to do everything on our own. And when we can't do it on our own, we're a failure? It's not true. This is the reality of what we're living in. We've progressed into an independent age, but it is, our faith is not meant to fit into this box. My point here is to say that this isn't working. Our independent and individual mindset so we can do it on our own is broken and it's a result of the fall. We're living these individualistic and independent lives but it's leaving us empty and broken because it is not what we were made for. And so as I finish on this point that individuality leads us to disconnection but the bigger disconnection it leaves us is with a disconnection with God. There is a better way. Individuality is not what we're made for. But out of that problem, God wants us to respond with gratitude for what he has already done for us and for what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're made for more than disconnection. We're made to respond with gratitude. Continuing from our first point, my second point is God wants us to respond to him with gratitude. Now, what is gratitude? In Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father of the Lord. Gratitude goes deeper than simply being thankful. It is an attitude of grace and gratefulness, something we show in response to receiving something we have not earned. Gratitude is a response to a gift. Why should we give God gratitude? The perfect answer to that is Jesus. Jesus is the gift. Jesus came to save the sinners. He came to save me and to save you. So naturally, I think we have everything to be grateful for. Billy Graham says, Spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of the Christian. His heart is attuned to the Lord. Thank God in the midst of trials and every persecution. So when I was in the Philippines for my compassion trip, I had this conversation with this lady who came with me to visit, when I went to visit my sponsored child. 
and she told me that she graduated um, with a teaching degree and has a license to teach. And that she could be teaching at a private school and earning way more money than what she's currently earning now. She chose to follow what God has told us to do and to serve him by serving the children. She actually told me that her husband and, and her family have expressed their disappointment of what she's doing. But I also remember her telling me how much joy it brings her to serve God, serve the children, that she's happy and content. And this conversation stuck with me because the whole time, the whole time she was telling me her story, despite her family be, being disappointed with her choices, that everything she does, she gives it back to God. That everything she does is for Him. And I remember seeing and feeling her gratitude towards God when she was telling me her story with this beautiful smile on her face. She kept saying to God, be the glory in her in every sentence. Despite her struggles with, with, her, with her family coming to terms with what she's doing and with her low income, she was still so grateful with what God has blessed her, with who she is and, and where she's at and what she's doing with life because all of it is for him, for him alone. I, ho I hope I can encourage you to be like this lady, that no matter where we are in life, who we are and what we have, maybe show gratitude to God with everything we have. Even if we struggle with, with our faith, with work, with other people surrounded with, with life. May we give all our glories, our, our thankfulness, our sorrow and our joy to our God and may trust in Him wholeheartedly to work in us. Priscilla Charis said, when we choose thankful prayer over wallowing in anxiety and worry, we're demonstrating an unwavering trust in God. Church, may we put that in practice. To be thankful to our God and to have an unwavering trust in Him. God wants us to respond to Him with gratitude. There is a better solution to our disconnection. And our better solution is connection through Jesus. And that is how we can become grateful. Let's go to the Bible again with this thought, to Hebrews 1, and see what it has to say. Long ago, Jesus spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son, God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And when He cleansed us, cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honour at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. We can see that God has spoken many times and in many ways to our ancestors in the past. But look what it says. In these last days, God has spoken to us. He has spoken to us through his son. We were made to listen to God together. God speaks and he wants us to learn how to listen to him. We were made to listen together. This isn't just another voice. 
This is the voice of the creator of God in heaven that wants to be able to speak to his children. But if we have these independent and individualistic, I can do it on my own mindsets, then we're not going to want to depend on God when we need it most. But how can we have connection with him when it has been broken? So what now? Let's look back at verse 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by his mighty power of command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honour at the right hand of our majestic God. Do you want to know why we can have connection again? It's because Jesus took our disconnection. He took the power of everything that separated us from God. And he took it to the cross so that nothing would be able to separate us anymore. Our feelings of shame, of guilt, of unworthiness, of fear. He took it away so that there was no more disconnection. He experienced disconnection so that we could come back. And he proved his dedication and devotion to each single one of us. Saying that you are enough. That I'll come and die to the power of death and bring back connection. But this isn't by ourselves and this isn't by being independent, which is what we are struggling with today, being told you can do it by yourself. But this we can't do by ourselves. We have to lay down our own efforts at the door when we come in and actually recognise that this doesn't come by what we do. It is not by the way the world is progressing, but it's through Jesus. He makes it possible for us again. We were not made to be independent people as we saw in the beginning where God created us to be in community with him and with others and it was good until it was broken. We were not made to be independent from God. The world is calling us to do life on our own but God is calling us to do it together. And God reconnects us to this better way again. So as you walk out the door today, what are you taking away? Can I encourage you that wherever you're coming from today, can you see that you cannot depend on yourself? You cannot depend on your own little individuality, that you're made for something more. And two, can you see that God has something better? He wants you to live with gratitude and he wants you to live in connection and a relationship with him. Can I encourage you as you walk out these doors today to walk out with gratitude because God has given you a connection again in Jesus. So we just want to finish off in prayer and actually just recognise and reflect on what God is trying to speak to us. So I'm just going to finish this off in prayer and just pray in your own hearts and minds as we go as well. Father, we recognise that we are living in a time where we are called to be independent and individualistic and have an attitude of, I can do it on my own. Father, we recognise that this isn't working because we were made, we were made and created by you to have relationship and dependence on you, God. We can't do it on our own. We don't want to do it on our own, Father. 
So we are grateful that we're actually able to lay down the way that the world tells us to pursue life and actually recognise the way that you call us to pursue life. And that brings togetherness and community and joy, Father. That we get to come back to connection with you when we actually accept what you've done for us. And that is by us being humble and saying, I can't do it. No wonder we are hurting and struggling when we think that we have to do life on our own. And it's not a bad thing that we are struggling because it shows us that something is wrong. You are not struggling because you are not good enough. You are struggling because God calls you to be with him. And that's not what the world is calling us to do. So Father, may we come to you and recognise that you bring enough for us. That we don't have to do it on our own because you didn't create us to do life on our own. May we depend on you and may we rejoice in community with others of who you are and what you've given us. You've given us everything, Jesus. So I pray in thanks that today we get to recognise that we're not meant to be independent. We're meant to be with you, Jesus. And that's been made possible not by what we've done, but what what you've done, God. So may we continue to reflect and pray and think as the end of this service is coming up. But God, we are grateful that you have spoken to us today. We are grateful that you help us through each step that we take. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.